Hey everybody, Jesse Lee here, and I just wanted to uh, make this short little recording before the uh, podcast episode, letting you know, uh, I'll throw a parental advisory on this one because I got a little overly passionate and I started cussing somewhere in the middle of it. I think I dropped a couple F-bombs, so I just want to let you all know, uh, don't be listening to this around the kids, or you can, I guess, if you want. I'm not sure what your rules are with your kids, but uh, I don't speak crass, I wasn't speaking anything... um, Crass. It was more out of passion, so just keep that in mind, um, and uh, I'll work on this for the future. So, yeah, this is just a little disclaimer before the episode starts. Okay, without further ado, here's the episode. What is up, everybody? This is Jesse Lee, and we are on another episode of Build and Grow Your Online Business, and um, I wanted to talk about something really important and near and dear to my heart. And, uh, I feel like I might've mentioned this in the past, you know, but before I talk about the topic, I'll get to that in a moment. Um, I do want to just mention, I don't know if I have the right name for this podcast because I talk about the things that I know, um, when it comes to business, right. But they kind of are like life skills. Like they're, they're things you need to build your life. So whether you're a business owner or not, like I find myself talking about things that are sort of applicable across the board. So I don't know if this is the most appropriate name for the podcast. Maybe I'll just resort to calling it something like the Jesse Lee podcast or something. I don't know. Uh, if I if y'all vote on that, you can vote on that and tell me if you think um, this is an appropriate name. Um, or if I should just kind of make it a little more general. But uh, anyway, um, today I wanted to chat about um, something that is really important and near and dear to my heart. And that is this topic of work-life boundaries, Um, because uh, you all know this as business owners. It's very easy to get wrapped up in what you're doing, Um, and uh, I want to talk about some things today that are really important when it comes to keeping your mental health straight. Um, And as always, I don't, uh, I can kind of give you the rough thing of like, I'm going to tell you these two tips or these three tips, but I do these things... I shoot from the hip based on my life experience. So in the middle of all these, like I end up talking about more concepts. Um, and every time I play, you know, do an episode, I'm like, ah, oh, this will be probably 15 minutes and it ends up being like 30, 45 minutes or an hour. You know, the last episode I did was over an hour and I was planning on just talking for a few minutes. So, um, but Hey, that's what podcasts are for. They're for talking. <laughs> that's if, uh, you don't like it, you are on the wrong platform. So, um, anyway, Um, yeah, so yeah, the reason I wanted to talk about this is because, uh, I have had to flex the boundary muscle recently in my own life in terms of work life boundaries, um, because it's just a very busy time right now. And I don't know why that is. Um, I think, uh, maybe around Christmas time, things kind of slow down. And now that I'm recording this podcast episode, it's like things are kind of moving again, um, that we're in, you know, March 1st. Uh, so, you know, for you, all you business owners, if you're doing something in the, you know, service world, or I mean, the product world is like Christmas is the crazy time, like Black Friday, all that stuff, right? And then there's this lull afterwards, where it's like, okay, January is really slow. And this is for many, many industries, not just, you know, presence at Christmas time. It's like, I remember doing handyman stuff and it was the same thing. 
music when I was, you know, I still am a musician, same thing. It's like you get all these gigs around the holiday season, and then afterwards, everything kind of slows down for a little bit, so. But we're past that slow period, and now we're picking back up, and uh, things are getting not Black Friday busy, but they're getting busy again, and um, so yeah, I was talking to a, a, um, I I really try to actually make a kind of mental health check meetings with uh, specific people in my life. Um, This is something that really helps me kind of keep the work-life boundaries in check, Um, because if you have other safe people around and they are stressed with stuff and you're stressed with stuff. It's like you all agree that, you know, you can kind of commiserate together. Um, and I talked about this in the last episode, this idea of what happens with the brain when you're talking to somebody on the same level with you. If they are indeed a what's, you know, some people would call a safe person. The uh, That's the Dr. Cloud term. Um, yeah, safe person is someone who you know you can sort of trust in and confide in. Maybe you don't know them super well, but you know them well enough and you can read them to know that if you tell them something confidential or if you're kind of seeking some help for something, they're, they're going to genuinely take your best interest in, into account. Um, so, um, yeah, the, this, this work-life boundary issue touches on that a little bit. Uh, you have to have those people in your life because if you um, are the type of person that doesn't have good boundaries... Uh, you're going to be swayed into taking every call and serving every single customer that comes through the door at the expense of your own health. And that is not what you want. You really want to make sure you are well-rested um, and, uh, and 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 fully charged when you go back to work. Um, and it's actually kind of funny. On this topic of feeling fully charged and setting work-life boundaries – We'll get to some tactic on how to do that. I want to actually share the how because, you know, I, that's, I'm like a big practical advice kind of person. Um, but I do want to share just a quick story about uh, a good buddy of mine who he runs a business. He actually is a really good, um, like he has, he owns his own barbershop, he cuts hair uh, really, really well. Um, and he focuses on men's haircuts. It's like the barbershop sort of, uh, model and, uh, he has trained uh, his cousin up to do really well. He's been grooming his cousin for a while. And so he's been kind of in this thing where he's been starting a business. It was all him for a while. And then he started to get someone else. And now um, he uh, has this other person he's outsourcing to. And now he's just growing a little bit more. Uh, he's in the process of, of you know doing more training and more hiring and things like that to sort of diversify that way he's not just dependent on one person, but, um, he's able to kind of take away, take time away from work, which is great. That's everyone needs that. Um, and the, the, um, the thing that happens when you do that, when you value your own time and not just in terms of a mon, uh, the, uh, chronological sense, but I'm also going to talk about your, um, the, uh, value in terms of like a monetary sense. But when you value your own time enough to carve out time away from work, what ends up happening is um, you become fully charged. And when you spend that time away with those safe people, right? Because um, at work, it's like, it's sort of a crapshoot. A lot of people have really good customers. Um, some customers come in, you know, if you're in the service industry or whatever, it's like they're irate. 
no matter what you do, you, they've already decided that they're going to have a bad day and you just can't control it. Um, so here's the deal though. You're in situations like that. It's a lot like being in the bitter cold where you have to wear a heavy jacket and you are, um, you're heavily guarded against this harsh outside, uh, environment. Um, the problem though is when you go to recharge, you need, you need a vacation from that, right? Um, because it's not good for anybody to not get any sunlight. Uh, so you need some sunlight in your life. So you, you carve out time and you go take a vacation and, uh, you know, you know, Hawaii, you go to Hawaii, right? Well, if you wear that same coat in Hawaii, it's just not going to do you a whole lot of good. So you need to take that coat off. So you carve out that time to um, to re-energize yourself with that sort of metaphorical sunlight. And you also spend that time with, again, safe people. Um, and it requires hard, hard boundaries to do this. Um, because it doesn't, here's the thing, it doesn't cost anybody else anything to screw up your life, right? Think about your, uh, any of your relationships, your business, any of the customers you serve, whatever you're doing, other people, uh, and this is classic with customers, so you get some really great customers and some other customers that they want what they want and they don't care how crappy of a day you had and they don't care uh that your grandma is in the hospital and that your dog is dying they don't care about that any of that stuff what they want is what they want and they want it now um so if you have poor boundaries and you let people control you with anger or guilt which is oftentimes with um uh you know what what poor customers will will do is they'll control you with a lot of those things, and they'll they'll say, "I want what I want. I paid for my thing, and you got to give it to me now." You know. Now there are certain legal obligations that you know you got to take care of, right? If they paid for something, you you owe whatever it is. Um, but what really needs to happen is you need to think of those things before. Put yourself legally in a position where, if you need to walk away from something, you can. Um, and you never want to be in the position, ever, 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 where you feel like you have to take on work. If you've gotten to that point in your business, you need to seriously reconsider what is going on that is causing you to think like that. Um, if you are, if you can't say no to a customer because you feel like you need the money or you'll make them angry and they'll give you a bad review on Yelp, Everyone gets bad reviews. It's fine. If it's a small percentage, don't be worried about that. Don't be worried about pissing one customer off. Here's the thing. You don't want to piss everyone off. Don't do that. <laughs> but inevitably, if you are a good company focusing on the right type of customer, people who are not that customer are eventually going to be pissed off. And that's just the reality is that you're not going to be able to serve everyone. So here's what you want to do. You want to carve out time to recharge yourself to where when you go back to work, you are fully charged and you could put all of your effort and uh, talent and your gifts and your energy into doing the thing that you do the best until you're done with your work day. 
at which point you shut the laptop and you don't pay attention to it anymore. Um, and this is really hard. I know a lot of people working remotely because of COVID. This is a, a hard, hard boundary that you have, have to set for yourself. Uh, we used to have much better physical boundaries when it came to work, right? You'd have to drive to work. And before cell phones, it's like you just had the phone at the office or maybe a fax machine or whatever it was. And like all the communications happened there. And then once you left work, work stayed there. And once you got home, you didn't, even if you wanted to do work because you're, you know, workaholic and you can't say no to it, even if you wanted to, you wouldn't be able to. So there was a preservational mechanism. There was space there that kept people from letting work invade their personal lives. Well, guess what? We don't have that space anymore. It So you need to create that, right? It's just like you think about, um, you know, how humans used to live. This is a good analogy. Humans used to live... <laughs> You know, you think of hunter-gatherer types, right? Um, they're constantly running after their food. They're having to fight for it. And they're having to scrounge for it. So inherently, what goes along with that sort of lifestyle? Like pre-modernized man, right? Um, well, what goes along with that is you're probably not going to eat as many calories. <laughs> A. Uh, you're probably not going to get nearly as much sugar in your diet. B. Um, you're probably, um, and you, you are like constantly, you know, exercising your body to the point of exhaustion because you're chasing food, right? So because of all that, that was like something that was naturally just part of life. Um, now come the, the industrial revolution, the 20th century, that's not really a part of our lives anymore, at least for most of us. I mean, maybe some places still you know, but I mean, think about hunting, like people do that for leisure and pleasure. Now it's not really something you have to do to get food. What you have to do to food, get food is just go to the store and buy food. Right. So these things that used to be part of how life worked, they're no longer like that anymore. So work boundaries was one of those things where it's like once work was done, it was done and you had to leave it there. So because just like with the, uh, uh, the, the example of the pre-modernized man, well, if life no longer works that way, what do you have to do? Well, you have to create a space to make all those things happen. So what do we have now? We have this artificial version of it called the gym, right? And then like, you know, whatever sort of diets, diets are, are the equivalent of, of the, you know, uh, the modern instituted equivalent of trying to not eat the mimic, not eating too many calories, just like pre-modernized man. Um, and gyms are the modern like workaround for not getting enough exercise because you don't have to chase your food. Um, so, so we have these artificial institutions to help us, you know, kind of thrive in the, in the way we, we function where we fun function the best, right? So we do that with exercise. We do it with food. You also have to do it with your work. It's like, you, okay, then this requires very strict boundaries. Um, so, um, so yeah, you got to make that happen. So, uh, so how do you make that happen? How do you actually set work life boundaries? Um, 
Well, um, we know that your attention, right? Your eyes have a lot to do with your attention, like an incredible amount. Um, this is why um, social media, by the way, is like so good at holding people's attention is because they have the digital version of what is sort of like a casino, right? In a casino, you notice there's no light, there's no clock anywhere, um, all the, you can't see any natural sunlight, um, and you have things constantly grabbing at your attention. So we know this about the human eye that like it has a, an insane amount to do with where your attention is focused. Um, so like social media is a perfect example of like, well, they really engineered like an online version of a casino where you kind of, your eyes get caught in it and you, you know, uh, your eyes read the words and it, 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 uh, it totally directs, like it can totally direct your brain. Like what you see in immediately in front of you can totally direct your brain. So first tip is you have a space for your work. Keep it there, right? Don't let your eyes see it. It's going to help if you compartmentalize that. Um, yeah. So, so, you know, for me at 4 PM, right. I go into work early. I don't like work into five or six. So I go in extra early so I can get off at four. So at 4 PM, um, what happens is this, I could be in the middle of messaging someone. And as soon as I see that it's 4 PM, I will in the middle of my message, will shut down my laptop, (laughs) which probably doesn't, bode well for the other person on the other line who might be waiting for an answer for something. Um, but that's just how it is. Uh, so you got to get your eyes away from it. Second step is you need to work on, um, not caring what other people think. Um, so something that really needs to happen is, is you need to train people. Um, and this is very, very important concept to a lot of, if you listen, you listen to guys like Dan Kennedy or Russell Brunson, these, Big, big time entrepreneur, um, very successful people. Um, they have severe, severe limits on how much time and energy they give other people because they know that their time and energy is, is worth a lot. Um, and if you're not convinced of that, how much you're actually worth, uh, I think I have an episode on the time money value. Um, you should go back and listen to that episode. I can't remember what episode it is. So, just go f- try to find it. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know where you'd be able to find it. Anyway. Um, so here's the, the concept is um, people. Something else we know about the human brain is that it does not like open loops. It does not like unsure uh, anything. Um, it needs an answer, Right. Uh, And you can see this when a very easy uh, way to understand this is um, text messaging, actually. When when you text someone, if it's an urgent answer, right, pretend it's like a, let's say it's a relationship thing. Will you go on a date with me? What's, what feels worse to you? Um, (laughs) You tell me. Uh, I mean, getting a yes right away, that's great. Also, I don't know if texting is like okay to like, do that over a date. So don't take dating advice from me. But, um, I feel like culturally it's sort of a, you know, worked its way into being okay now. So, um, so we'll stick with this really lame example, but let's say you text someone, Hey, can, uh, do you want to go on a date with me? 
what feels worse? Obviously, the yes, if they say yes, that's great. So that doesn't feel bad. Okay, cool. You got a date. Great. Now, what would you rather have? <laughs> um, an, an immediate no? Um, or they don't text you back for 10 days. And then when they do text you back, it's sort of a vague answer where they're not really telling you no, but they're not really telling you yes. You tell me, which one would be a bigger relief to you where you knew you could move on with your life? Probably if they just told you no right off the bat. Even though like it might sting a little bit, but it's like you know you can move on, right? The feeling of being unsure sucks. And this is something we know about the human brain. It just doesn't like it. So that being the case... This is why people think that they can get anything out of you when, when uh, they want an answer on something. Somebody sends you an email. It's like irate. Hey, you need to get this to me now. What the heck? So here's how you deal with those people. You train them into knowing when they can expect communication from you. Um, there's been whole books written on this topic. but um, I, And I do this. Um, I have had a lot of family members and a lot of friends, in fact, I just had a friend yesterday, she uh, messaged me saying, hey, um, I really feel like I want a better friendship with you because, uh, And but she, she said something about feeling devalued because of, because I didn't answer her text right away. And I get this from a lot of my friends. I've gotten it from my family members too, where they're like, oh, you just, what, what's your deal? You just don't answer texts. And, uh. Whenever they ask that, I'm like, yeah, damn right I don't answer your texts. I'll answer them when I want to. <laughs> so, you know, I'm, you know, I'm usually diligent with things that I think are priorities. But for anything that's not a priority, I have my do not disturb um, timer set um, automatically at 8 a.m. when work starts. Uh, I turn off all of my notifications. So my phone, my cell phone does not bother me at all. Uh, and then, so there's about, and then, uh, at 9 PM, same thing. Is it 9 PM? I feel like it's 9 PM. Yeah. 9 PM. Same thing. I, all of, uh, I have a timer set for do not disturb where all of the notifications get turned off. So what this does is, is really great. Um, I don't even have to do it. It just does it automatically. And, uh, the people who, um, know me know that if they want an answer, they're going to have to wait. And that's exactly what I told this person the other day. I was cordial with my response, but I didn't apologize for anything. And she was basically saying like, oh, like I would really like it if you actually texted me back once in a while. And I just told her, yeah, um, I have been told that before. Um, and what I realized about my mental capacity is that if I stretch myself and if I'm paying attention to more than one thing at a time, um, other things, I mean, I, basically I don't have the mental capacity to, uh, to spend any more effort on multitasking. Um, and this is something I figured out about myself, and I'm pretty sure it's basically true of most humans. And you're talking to a drummer who's practiced four-way coordination for many, many years of his life. I will be the first one to tell you that there's no real, actual such thing as multitasking. At least not the way I see it. Um, talk to the clinical psychologist about this if you really want the answer. But from the way I understand is that your brain is uh, rapid firing back and forth where your attention is switching. 
you're not actually multitasking. You can't actually pay attention to two different things at the same time. Um, you can only pay attention to one thing, which is why you get your eyes in the right spot. You don't get distractions with your eyeballs. Move your computer out of the room. Um, and, uh, you know, turn off your the things that are going to try to grab your attention. So that's the second thing. Um, train people. You really need to train people on when they can expect to hear from you. Um, and this is something that I basically... Do I answer phone calls? I don't know. Not really. Most phone calls, um, if people want to hear back from me, they leave a message or leave a text and ask, that asks, hey, can you get back to me about this specific thing? And then if it's important, what I will do is I will respond to them as soon as I can, not sooner, um, as soon as I reasonably can and not sooner. And I will just tell them, hey, uh, this sounds good. When do you need the answer by? Can I get back to you at this time? So that they have something that they can sink their teeth into so they're not just wondering when is this guy going to contact me back, right? So a really good example of this, if you ever read The, the 4-Hour Workweek by Tim Ferriss, he talks in there about um, training his uh, clientele and his customers and his um, staff, his employees, training them to expect when he's going to be responding to emails. And so in his book, he suggests twice a day uh, do, you know, and, and this is for emails specifically, but figure out what area you need to regulate in terms of communication with other people and where you need to train them. Um, yeah, this is something that, and you're doing it to your employees. You want to do it to your superiors. You want to do it to your customers, everyone you meet. Um, again, what I was saying before, it doesn't cost anybody to screw up your life. Like it doesn't cost anybody a single thing to try to mess your life up. It's, it's completely free to them. And if they can push you around in a way that they're going to get something from you, they will. And so you have those people. There's some people out there that are total people pleasers, right? They won't do that to you necessarily. Uh, and then you have people who are boundary busters who um, they're used to controlling people pleasers. So they, they get angry when somebody puts up boundaries and then they end up moving on because they don't like the boundaries. And they just, what they do is they try to go find, uh, and this isn't like, a, <laughs> this is not like my like dim perception on reality. This is like clinical psychology we're talking about. There are people who they want to manipulate you and they want to get everything out of you that they can. And they'll use comments like, oh, well, you just like... You owe me this. Like, after all I've done from you, you owe me this, and you didn't even uh, think to, to give me anything back. And they'll give you guilt, and they'll give you anger, and they'll give you all sorts of shit, right? So, sorry, I should let you know that I was going to be cussing in this podcast. Um, although you've been listening to me for a while, you know that happens every now and then. So, people will throw this stuff at you. And what you got to do is you got to be prepared for it and you got to train people. Because um, what happens is uh, if you set boundaries on people and you train them, here's when you can expect to be contacted, right? They either will fold and adhere, in which case you are in a good position, right? Now you can have the relationship with them that they can handle and that you want, or they can't and they get mad. And because they can't control you because you've worked your boundary muscles, 
they move on and they try to find someone else to go leech off of. And this is so many people do this. So many, um, probably a lot of great people do this. Think of people in your life that want the best for you. I mean, do they though? <laughs> think of people, uh, your close family members, right? I can think of close family members that, you know, they would tell me, you know, they want the best for me. But when it push came to shove, it's like, oh, Jesse, like you didn't do this thing that I asked you to do. That wasn't cool. It's like, what? Okay. <laughs> I'm sorry that I'm not living life to your expectations. It sounds like you have some getting real with reality to be doing. <laughs> so, um, yeah. So, so, um, that's the thing is you have to train other people, set those boundaries, let them know when they, uh, can expect to be contacted by you. Really good example of this is, um, you know, I deal with a lot with online businesses and so they'll deal with support tickets and different things like that. Um, if you have a customer service phone number and then you have a customer service email and then you have a ticket system and then you have, you know, all sorts of different stuff. Um, then you have your chat, right? And then you have a way to, for people to message you on your online store. That's so many ways that people can contact you, right? It's so many ways. You should try to automate as much as you can with automated responses. Get a help doc center. If you're running an online business and you get a lot of frequently asked questions, just make a page of frequently asked questions and direct people to that. And make them read this through the stuff before they actually contact you. Um, but then here's the other secret is don't give more than one resource for help. Because you're going to be sifting through different mediums, different messages all over the place. What you want to do is put yourself in a position where you train people to ask for help in the way that you are going to answer it. So for some people, that's something like Zendesk. For some people, that's a phone. But I used to do this. I remember when I was in Phoenix, um, I had a guy tell me, he's like, you know, you really should be checking your email every day. And... Uh, after a while, like, he was beating up on me, and I would get insecure. I'm like, man, I didn't, this is before, like, I mean, this is early, early. <laughs> um, I mean, you, you had smartphones and things like that. I was, like, super poor. I couldn't afford any of that stuff, right? I had, like, probably a flip phone. Um, didn't have internet access at the time. Maybe I'd just gotten it. I don't remember. Um, but, yeah, he was... And this guy, he was mean. He was rude about it, right? And then it was the funniest thing happened to me where I was like, he was kind of beating me up about like, well, and this is what I back in, uh, by the way, this is when I was a musician. Um, yeah, I mean, I'm still a musician, but I, I'm, this is when I was like a regular gigging musician where I had gigs with this guy. And uh, he was like harping on me that I didn't check my email on a regular basis. And uh, so... Um, the thing I realized was that he was a total jerk and I didn't like his playing. So like, why the fuck am I listening to this guy? Tell me how I should be contacted. He was a jerk. Sorry again. I cussed again. Sorry. I'll try to put a parental advisory thing on this episode. I don't know how to do that, but I'll try to figure it out. <sighs> um... Yeah, just thinking about this guy gets me riled up sometimes because I'm like, man, he was like really rude and uh, 
inconsiderate. Anyway, so he was telling me how to like live life his whole way. And because I, had, I was such a pushover, I was like doing it. I was like, oh, he, he says I need to, he, he's more successful than I am. I, he says I need to answer my email every day. And the thing I realized is I hate email. <laughs> I don't like answering email every day. I think it's stupid um, to an extent. I, I do answer my email uh, when it comes to certain things where I know I'm going to have to, you know, if I'm dealing with people, again, people who've trained me. I have, for instance, I got some financial advisors. The way they offer help is through email. So that's how I communicate with them, right? So very sorry for the uh, F-bomb there, but I just get passionate about this stuff because people get manipulated all the time by, by people who they just, it doesn't cost them anything. Like I said, it doesn't cost anybody anything to screw your life up. So you really have to train people. I feel like I'm harping on this a lot, but you really do have to train people. Um, you have to train your customer base. If anybody's asking you questions that you've already answered on an FAQ, you direct them to the FAQ over and over and over again. That's what my company does. When people ask me for help on a specific topic, I train them into using the resources we've already put out. We've already worked on them for a reason, so I'm not going to you know, tell them how to do everything all over again. What I'm going to say is, hey, we've already answered this here. Go check it out. And then they come to me with those requests often enough. Um, they start to realize and give the same answer all the time. So this is how you train people. Um, so what if you suck at putting up boundaries? What if you you fold with guilt? What if you fold towards angry customers and they keep you working late, late, late? If you fold and all, or a, a boss that's manipulative, right? So how do you deal with that? So this is really, really important. This is so this. I remember when I figured out this life skill. This changed everything. Um, the first thing you have to do is find those safe people that I was talking about, the ones who you know have your best interest in mind. If you want to figure out how to find those safe people, there's a whole book written on it called "Guess What." Safe people is the name of the book. Look up the book "Safe People." Um, it's by Dr. Henry Cloud. It's a very, very good book, and it talks about how to identify the people who uh, have your best interests in mind and how to avoid the people who don't. Not necessarily avoid, but how to recognize them and not put yourself in a position where you're going to be beat up by them. It's not that you can't hang out with them at all, but you want to keep them at, a little bit at bay. Um, so you need to find your safe people, right? Uh, and you need to meet with them about these boundary issues. And this, this was the game changer in my life is learning about boundaries, finding that safe group of people. Here's the deal. When you go to do anything that you've never done before, you're not going to have the strength to do it. And I don't care what it is in life, right? Um, you go skateboarding, you try to kickflip the first time, by the way, I'm a skater. So you might hear skater references every now and then. Um, so if you don't understand, just know that you don't need to, um, but you go try to swing a baseball bat and uh, hit the baseball when somebody pitches it at 90 miles an hour. You're going to fail at that. It's not because you're a terrible, terrible person. It's just because you've never done it before. So this boundary muscle that we're talking about, a lot of people haven't worked it uh, because guess what? A lot of people grew up with manipulative parents who pushed them into doing everything 
Uh, and when you're a child, if that's your development, you have parents who push you into doing things, guilt you into doing things, or use their anger to force you into doing things. Uh, or the, on the word, like the really bad end, it's like they abuse you to force you to do th- things. That's part of your development. You've never exercised that boundary muscle. You got to start. And the best way you start that is with safe people to where you can actually start practicing those boundaries with them. You have your friend there who says, ah, you know, I really like waffles. And you practice boundaries by saying, huh, I don't really like waffles. And you actually give your opinion. You do that to safe people. What you're going to see is the safe people are the ones who actually respect your boundaries and where they can disagree with you. And it's not going to cause a rupture in the relationship. It's just going to be like, oh, you like waffles. I don't like waffles. Okay, well, let's find a place that has waffles, but also has other stuff. So that's how you identify safe people is like when you set those boundaries, are they going to say, well, what are you, you know, like you, what are you uh, avoiding me for? What you're not doing what I tell you to do. Uh, Are they going to get angry at you? Or are they going to say, you know what? That kind of sucks, but I respect your decision. So if that's what you're saying, so be it. Those are the people you want in your life as safe people. You start practicing boundaries around them. And then when you go to set boundaries with those angry customers or your angry boss or even anything outside of work related, angry relatives, parents, brothers, sisters, all that stuff. Anybody who tries to push you into stuff with guilt. Here's the secret. And when I learned this, this was the game changer. Because when you, the first time you go to do anything, right? You've never done it. So you don't have the strength to, which is why you practice with your safe people, right? And then those safe people, you meet with them on a regular basis. And whenever you have a situation where you need to go approach someone who's not a safe person, The first time you do that, you're going to be shaking in your boots because you've never done it before. You're going to be super, super nervous. It's going to be really nerve wracking if you've never told somebody no before. Maybe this doesn't apply to everyone. If you're listening to this and you're already a business owner, you might be really good at this because entrepreneurs tend to be a little more, you know, they they can have some, actually entrepreneurs can have their own boundary, boundary busting tendencies something to look at if you're a boundary buster. But if you're uh, somebody who can't say no to angry customers or anything like that, you start by practicing with the safe people. And then when you go to practice in the real time environment, first of all, you rehearse with the safe people before, especially if you know it's going to happen. Sometimes you don't know what's going to happen. Irate customer comes through the door. You don't know. It's just something you got to deal with in the moment. But if you know you have to have a conversation that's going to be confrontational, you have to rehearse it before, you have to stick your ground, and then when you go to do it, you rehearse it with your safe people, and then you check in with them beforehand. And having, this is one of the best tactics I've found, is having uh, a couple people, normally for me, I try to reach out to at least one or two. If you can do more, great. Three, four is great. But at least like one or two people where you call them up and you say, hey, Uh, I'm about to have this really confrontational conversation with uh, one of my employees or my boss or a coworker or whoever, irate customer that has been abusing my staff. (laughs) And uh, you have that conversation. you, You reach out to those couple people. Let them know. And what you say is, 
after I have this conversation, can I check back in with you? Because again, you're not going to have the strength to do this on your own. But if you have your friends there with you, it's going to make it so much easier. And that's going to be the structure you need. Uh, sort of like crutches when your your leg's healing. You know, if you got a broken leg, uh, your friends are there to be your crutches so that you can kind of walk your way back to health eventually. They help make you stronger in this regard. So you have to find friends with really good boundaries who are safe people who are going to support your walk in this. Uh, and then when you have that, that's when you'll be able to go through these really tense situations. I mean, I had one the other day um, where, yeah, this person was... <laughs> They were mad at me. They were really, really mad at me. <laughs> oh, man. Uh, if I told you some of the things they said. But you know what? I'm recording a podcast now. This, hap- uh, this I said the other day. It's actually, it was today. Sorry. Um, this happened earlier today. And now I'm laughing about it on a podcast. Because I realized, I'm like, I can't control her. That's all there is to it. You know? If you saw some of the stuff she was saying to me, like repeated. <laughs> yeah insults and all sorts of stuff so um yeah so the thing is i can't control that uh now here's the the important thing is when it comes to your business what type of customers do you want to serve right do you want to serve the person who is going to continually make your life like they're going to make your life suck continually where you're like getting reamed by customers all the time because you can't say no to them, right? Or are you just going to flat out say no to those customers and say, hey, you know what? Sounds like you're not really happy with our services. Uh, you should try our competitor. That's a, that's a power move. <laughs> that's, a, that's a real uh, strike against your competitor if I ever heard one. Yeah, you, if you want to really um, compete aggressively with your competitors, say no to all of your bad clients and, and let, let your bad clients go over to your competitors and let them deal with them. Uh, <laughs> yeah. So a, a company who, who deals with that sort of thing and lets that permeate the culture, it's, not, it's never good. If you can't say no to poor uh, character, like people who just fly off the handle at you. Now, I'm not saying you want to, you know, send every customer out of the door that that crosses you know a certain line that's not what i'm talking about you have to be in control of your anger too when you go to set your boundaries you know you have to be respectful when you speak to people you have to have all that under control you can't just uh use anger as a boundary right anger anger is a signal it's not a tool you know so um you don't use anger to to like coerce people into doing it because that's exactly what boundary boundary busters do right boundary busters they'll use guilt and anger to try to get you to coerce you to do something um and uh the reality is like just they can't force anybody to do anything well people think they can um but yeah uh, so that's what boundary busters do is they'll use anger as a tool um anger should not be a tool it should be a signal to let you know when something is awry Right. So, um, yeah. Anyway, so keep that in mind. Uh, when you go set your boundaries, you don't use the anger against people. You use it as a way to recognize that something is wrong and then you cool off and figure out what is wrong. And then you approach the conversation. All right. So 
Um, keep that in mind. It's going to really help you out. Um, so you don't want to, by the way, yeah, you don't want to send every customer out the door who crosses you in a certain way, right? Not everyone's going to have the same cultural upbringing. Some people might just be a little more rude than other people. That's not what I'm talking about. In general, though, you got to understand, like, if you're a decent business and you actually take care of your customers, 99% of the customers are pretty cool. It's like 1% of the time you have these really terrible people who they already decided that they were going to have a bad day when they woke up that morning. Like they woke up angry for some reason, right? They just can't get with reality and they can't accept reality the way it is. And so they choose to take it out on the world and you just have so happen to be in their path. That's like 1% of the time. By and large, most people are either completely passive, like they purchase from you and then they're on their way and they never see you again. Or people are pretty, like, they really like you. Um, so that being the case... Um, you want to take care of those people. Those, those are your best customers, ones who love you. Uh, so that's what I made the decision to do a while ago is not to serve everyone um, to the fullest of my ability, is to really focus on what do the good customers want. And then the bad ones, like the ones who are, are angry, just like let them get angry and then let them move on. You know, you can't control them, and so you shouldn't even try. So... Um, yeah, uh, so this is a, a big part of work-life boundaries. And I'm not just talking about customers here. I say customers because I'm like, I don't know what your business model is. But this is coworkers too. Coworkers will try to rope you into stuff. Bosses. Everyone needs to be trained. Everyone needs to have boundaries and limits set with them. And if you have an issue with someone when you set your boundaries, if they can handle it, that's a really good... Like a boss who you can disagree with. This is a, I mean, I, this is great. Like when you have a boss, I've worked with guys like this before where they tell you to do something and uh, you bring up an honest objection. You say, look, I know you want to do it this way, but if you, if you look at this situation, I'm seeing it from this angle. I don't think you can see this. I have a different take on this and we, I think we should do it this way. And the, if a boss says, you know, I don't agree with you, but I do respect your your decision. Um, that is a great boss. Even if they end up going with their decision, if they don't go with yours, the fact that they consider your opinion is like huge, right? I've always told people I would rather work a really crappy job where I don't like what I'm doing and have an amazing superior as opposed to work something that I absolutely love, some sort of artistic thing or creative or technical thing that I absolutely love and have a boss who does not have my back is the worst feeling ever. It's absolutely the worst feeling ever. And you know what? Part, part of um, a boss having your back, if you are the boss, if you have employees, you want to make sure they feel like you have their back. And so this really helps when it comes to work-life boundaries, setting boundaries with poor customers, not letting your staff being abused. There's nothing that makes me lose respect for a boss or a business owner quicker than watching that boss let his employees be, or her, uh, employees be abused by bad customers. So, um, all right. So that's how you set boundaries with customers, right? Uh, you got to set it with your boss. You got to set time limits on it. You have to leave work at a reasonable hour. 
Um, if you find that you are getting overtaxed, this is one area where you have to actually set that boundary and say, hey, boss, look, I know that you want me to do all this stuff. You want me to do 80 hours of work this week, but I only have 40 hours. So you're going to have to pick which 40 hours you want me to do. That's how you set work-life boundaries is you approach your boss and you say, look, this is not reasonable. I, I, I'm really good at what I do. And if you know what you're good at, like this will be easy for you. You're going to be, you're going to be able to spot this. Like, Oh, maybe you're new at a job. You don't have all the experience in the world, but if you've been working for a place for a little while and you know what your skills are and you know how best, you know, how you are best when it, um, in terms of productivity, how you best function, um, you should have a pretty good idea of like the type of productivity you can churn out. Um, and, uh, you, yeah, so if, if you are getting overly taxed, this is one of the boundaries you have to set, not just with um, training people when to hear from you outside of work hours, not outside of work hours, all that stuff, but also how much work you're getting uh, and um, how much is being put on you, unreasonably so. Because this is what really, if you don't have the boundaries to leave work on time, when you get over-assigned work, that's when it, there's no end to it. And if people can manipulate in that way, they will just keep doing it. So, um, yeah. So don't uh, let them do that to you anymore. Look at that. I, again, I thought this was going to be like a 15-minute episode. And it's now going on 48, almost 49 minutes. And I've dropped at least two or three curse words so far. Probably offending a good amount of you. Um, sorry if that offends you. Uh, I'm, you know, I try to work on it. It's probably not, I've always thought about this, it's probably not good if it's recorded, right? Oh well. Um, yeah, it's like out there in the public world where like people can just listen to it and be offended by you. I don't know. But here I am, about to publish this in a little bit, and I'm not going to do anything about it. Maybe I'll record a little intro that's like, hey, um, I dropped the F-bomb in this show or something. <laughs> I don't know. Um, yeah, I'll probably do that just so everyone knows. Um, Yeah, parental advisory. (sighs) Anyway, so I hope this has been productive for you. So yeah, let's review, right? So work-life boundaries are important. You don't want to get burnt out. Burnout is one of the worst things ever. You need to schedule time to leave, schedule good vacation time. You need to figure out, you know, when you leave every day, setting the limit knowing that whoever's on the other end of that email, they can wait until tomorrow. It's just how it is. That's how life is. Everything can wait. So shut your computer down. I don't care if you're in the middle of a conversation with... If I were in the middle of a Zoom call... <laughs> I just always get this vision in my head. Uh, I've pro- I don't think I would be disrespectful enough to do this, but if I were in the middle of a Zoom call, I would love to just watch the eyes on the other person as I grab the top of the laptop and I slowly start to shut it on them because the clock struck 4 p.m. when I get off. <laughs> oh, man, I just laugh in my head whenever I think about that. Um, but, I'm, you know, when I set my work-life boundaries, I'm not too far away from doing that, honestly. Uh, I've been in the middle of, like... I'm sending a Slack message to someone. Ah, it's mid-sentence and it struck 4 p.m. I'm out of here. Um, I mean, if it's just real quick, you know, sometimes it's it's not a big deal, right? A couple minutes passed, you lose track of time, whatever. But, uh, yeah, none of this answering emails at 7 p.m. anymore. You got to stop that crap. So, 
Um, yeah. So, um, also, oh, one last, you know, okay, I know we're not quite done here. I got a few more things to rant about. 51 minutes. Let's see if I can keep this under an hour. Um, if you have a boss that doesn't um, respect your boundaries, so here's the answer to that is you quit and you leave because you don't owe your boss shit. And that's how you deal with it. And I realize a lot of people are like, oh, I can't quit my job. I have all these things I need to pay for. And granted, I know what you're saying. I don't blame you. I don't doubt you. Here's the thing, though. When you make space in your life for health, you will become a healthier person. If you refuse to quit, and people talk about this, like, oh, I can't, you know, my boss abuses me. You need to leave. Like a lot of, it's funny, man, there's this big social media thing. I'm probably doing a whole episode on this. Big social media craze right now where people are ripping on their employers. And it's like this big thing. You can find all sorts of Reddit posts and stuff about it. Uh, It's become in vogue to attack business owners. Here's the thing. If you don't have the boundaries to quit a job that is abusing you, you have some serious, serious mental issues you need to get past. I'm just going to say it. A lot of people, they play the victim game. Oh, well, you know, corporations take all these, businesses take all this money from people. Oh, they take advantage of the employees. Dude, shut the fuck up and leave. Get out of there. You're subjecting yourself to that. There's plenty of companies that would love to pay you a good paycheck and actually do some service for you. And I know a lot of you are going to be like, oh, it's just not possible. You know what? Fine. Just keep on living the way you want to live. That's fine. Uh, I, I don't have an argument for that. My only argument for that is to give you rope and watch you hang yourself. That's it. Uh, keep living life that way. See how things work out for you. I have no interest in like <laughs> dealing with people who aren't going to try to at least make their situation a little bit better. What I'm saying, um, there was a boss, I told you, there was a really, really bad manipulative boss. This is one of the worst situations I was ever in. It was, cu- it was like, I was coming apart at the seams outside of work, really, really coming apart in a big way. People, at least two or three people noticed it and they're like, dude, Jesse, we are worried about you. Um, and uh, they could see it was taking a toll. And I, I was thinking that exact same thing. I'm like, man, if I quit, I'm not going to be able to afford rent here. I'm not going to be able to do this, that. Can't, won't be able to afford gas. And the thing, like, I had a buddy of mine that called me up. And he's like, dude, you need to end this now. You need to get out of that job. And the craziest thing happened. Um, my brain was all stuck in that fight or flight syndrome that I always talk about all the time. And when, whenever I finally made the commitment to quit. Yes, my income went down for a little while. But here's the thing. I made the decision to get out of that toxic environment um, and not just subject myself to it and say, oh, I can't get a hi- I can't get hired anywhere else. Right. Um, yeah, I, t- I took myself out of that position and uh, it was the best thing I ever did for myself, which is why I'm where I'm at now, where I'm able to talk about this stuff and. Yeah, I really love sharing about this stuff. Um, I'm in a much better position. Work with much better people. I work with people I want to work with. Um, 
yeah. So anyway, um, 55 minutes. I just got the warning from anchor that my recording is going to be shut off in a little bit. Um, so yeah, if you have a boss that does not respect your boundaries, you just got to quit. You got to get out of there. Maybe don't do it right away. I mean, plan, don't be super rash about it, but, um, this is where you, you know, save up an emergency fund, have a couple months of income ready to leave in case you need to do something like this. Uh, because it's really, really important for your mental health. The thing that happened with me, by the way, um, is my, my income went down for a little bit and then it went right back up maybe a couple months later because my mental energy was so much better. My, my mental acuteness was better. Everything about my overall work performance got better. So people were hiring me for higher dollars. Uh, I set boundaries on my prices. We didn't even talk about the price game. Um, that's a whole different topic. I mean, it's a similar topic. It's another boundary you have to set is not sacrificing on your pricing. But, uh, yeah. Um, anyway, um, it's almost midnight. See, this is what happens. (laughs) I don't really sleep anymore kind of interesting um i'll just do these podcasts at like midnight like i always do so anyway i really hope you all are getting some of this i don't know if you are but this is like a therapy session for me i get something out of it it's pretty great i feel i always feel better at the end of these because i review my thoughts for the day and oftentimes you're hearing things that like ah, you know i wish i could have done this a little bit different today and so talking this out is helping me think through things and things that i've learned in the past that you know i'm still trying to implement um or things that I did well that I implemented and I was like, oh, I actually did that well today. So um, anyway, um, yeah, if you guys have any comments or anything, you should leave them. Uh, I always like hearing from listeners. I don't think I've gotten any comments. You know what? If you uh, comment, you could be the first person to ever comment on one of my shows So, because I uh, haven't gotten a ton of comments yet. Um, oh, by the way, I uh, update. I'm not walking around my couch this time. I'm pacing back. And you guys know I pace. I always talk about this. And by always, I mean probably one episode. Um, I normally pace around my couch. But because the couch is downstairs and I'm upstairs, I'm in my room. And I'm like wearing these tracks into the carpet where I just keep on walking back and forth. in this little, basically a four-step segment here. So... Um, yeah, I haven't walked around the couch a whole bunch, but man, the amount of left turns that I've made tonight, whew, so many left turns. Great. Um, anyway, um, okay. Love y'all. You're doing awesome. You can do this. Get your safe people, set your work-life boundaries, schedule your vacation time, quit your boss, quit your job, quit everything. Uh, no, that's not true. Uh, at some point I would like to do, but remind me if I don't do this, I would like to do an episode on when to quit. Um, that's a whole topic in itself. Yeah. It's a really great topic about knowing when is too much and when you need to shut some things down. Um, when you need to quit with that manipulative boss. Um, anyway, I feel like I tell people about their bosses a lot, even though this is a show about developing your own business. Um, It's a show about life. That's what this is. It's a show about life. Okay. Have a good night. Talk to y'all soon.